Welcome to another episode of Loose Ends. I'm Cece. I'm Val. And we're here today to talk about movies and books because they can leave lasting imprints in our lives, both positive and negative. But I'm kind of looking for the positive maybe today. We'll see. I never know what's going to come out of Val's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> never know. Neither do I sometimes. <laughs> I know. Isn't that just the beauty of it all? Uh, so here, I have a question to start you off. Okay. What was the first movie that you remember seeing in a theater? Not on this screen at no, home, yeah, but, you know. It. Okay. Yeah. What was your first movie experience? Pinocchio. Really? Yeah. I remember it well. I was oh. like four. And four? Yeah. Was, in a theater? In a theater. Okay. With my brother and sister, not even my mother. It was my brother and sister took me to the theater. Wow. And you, so they were only maybe 10 yeah, my sister would have been 10, and my brother would have been 7. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, wow. All by yourself. You, you know must what? have felt so big and important, too, grown up. Oh. It, it, Watching it's Pinocchio. A, it's amazing. Uh, it was an experience. And then I this, later that same year, I saw another movie in the theater, and that was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So I remember that. Very clearly, the two. I, right now, I've got an earworm. I want to sing the song. Okay, now we'll yeah. stop. My first movie experience uh, was highly impactful. Like, I remember sitting in the comfortable uh, seat of the theater and how that felt. And, uh, and it was Sound of Music. How old were you? I don't, you see, I'm no good with the, the years. <laughs> what year did that movie come out? We can determine my age by doing backwards, you know, reverse math, but really all of it's way too much for me right. at the moment. It was in the 60s, okay. I think. It could have been the 50s for all I know. It could have been, but I don't think so. I no, think it I think came it out in the, the 60s. 60s yeah. Anyway, that's the first theater experience that okay. I remember. Uh, TV was quite different because, you know, my father had six children, so it, going to a theater, a movie theater, was quite an expensive outing, even at, you know, like 50 cents yeah, yeah. per kid or whatever it was. And it, I just remember the, the, the glory, the overwhelming sense of grandeur of this huge screen in color— Technicolor, and yeah. it told you so, right? Technicolor. And I was transported through that movie. Primarily, not only the singing and the dancing and all, and, you know, like I fell in love with one of those Von Trapp kids. Oh, with, of course. You know, the young boy, <laughs> I think he was 14, but I had a crush on him, man. Uh, it was because in our home, this was the early days of TV, and our TV screen was quite literally of 12-inch, 12-inch little box, black right. and white. I can tell you it was green and it were turquoise and white, uh, the casing. And, I mean, I can picture that TV. And we could watch. It only had—it was only black and white. Right. Right? So Rin Tin Tin and The Lone Ranger— those were the shows that we were allowed to watch, and that was the 50s. And so somehow this huge screen 
Shift in, in the movies. Yeah. yeah. I was like a fan right away. Right away. I loved that movie. Anyway, so that was my first movie experience. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, I it gave me a memory of when I was uh, in between 10 and 11, every weekend— my girlfriend and I would get I would get five dollars allowance from my mother, and that got me on That's the bus. That's a lot of money back then. I know. Well, nineteen eighty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. On the bus. I'm out of touch. To the mall, <laughs> into the movies. One popcorn, one chocolate bar, one drink. <gasps> really? Into the arcade to spend one dollar, and then back home on the bus for five dollars. Five dollars every weekend. And, you know, half the time it was, like, restricted movies, so we were, like, resorted to see the same movie over and over and over and over each week. So 9 to 5 was one of those movies when oh, I was with 10. With Dolly Parton. With Dolly and, Parton. Oh, wow. Well, there's smoke and dope. And, <laughs> yeah, it explains a lot of things, actually, <laughs> looking back. No, but, yeah, that's what that was. Uh, but $5 got me, you know, all of that. Okay, here's another question. Okay. It's a Saturday afternoon. Put yourself in this scenario. Okay. Uh, And listeners, do the same for a second. It's a Saturday afternoon. You have no agenda. There's nothing you need to do. All errands are accomplished. There's food in the fridge. It's snowing outside. Ooh, let's, let's really pump it up. There's a fire on. Somewhere you have a fire. <laughs> Ours is one touch. <laughs> we, hit, we punch a button and it comes on. Yeah. You turn on your TV and you're scrolling and everything's a repeat. There's nothing new on. There's nothing, you know, whatever. And you hit a movie on some old channel or whatever and you go, ah. And it doesn't matter where you are in the movie. You'll go, start right there in the middle. doesn't matter. And it's one of those movies that you just would watch time and time again. What's, what, do you have a movie like that? Practical Magic. What? Practical Magic what with is that? Uh, um, Nicole Kidman and uh, Sandra Bullock. Do you know I don't think I've ever seen it? It is. I will constantly watch it. So that's, I assume, about witches? Yes. They are, are they good witches? Are they Glinda? Well, I don't okay. know. No, maybe. <laughs> I think they're bisexual, just like me. Bisexual? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, it really depends on the, the mood and the day and okay. the situation. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, maybe I'll watch that. Yeah. Uh, how old is that movie? Uh, 1998, I think it came out. Okay, so 25. Yeah. That's that's. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that scary, though, that 98 is 25 yeah. years ago? I know. And it all seems so clear. I know. Wow. Well... Mine, what was the question? <laughs> my, uh, that one mine, movie on Saturday afternoon. Well, yeah, mine is, um, I, I, this, I, I really tried to come up with something, I don't know. I don't, anyway, my answer is Forrest Gump. Really? Yeah, it doesn't matter where it is. I have a thing about that feather. The feather that floats at the beginning and then co- and then floats at the end and from, uh, you know, I have this thing about circular stories, full circle, that begin and end. I also have a thing about 
Well, Forrest Gump literally took a lot of conspiracy theories and wrapped them right up. (laughs) Well, how so? (laughs) Well, they did. You know, Forrest Gump was the one who, you know, realized Watergate was happening. There's a couple of guys over there with the lights on. Interesting that that's where you go. Um, Conspiracy (laughs) theories. It never that those two words never crossed my mind when thinking of Forrest Gump. But isn't that interesting? So it's that I appreciate it on a cinematography level, um, is that even the right word, cinematic maybe? My mom happens to have her, well, in this world, it's her PhD in theater arts, so she is a uh, very well-trained director and has mounted productions and knows her shit around this stuff. So having had her influence on my life around ways in which to view certain productions, whether they be on a screen or on a stage, I think has lent a certain um, interest in certain films for me that other people wouldn't appreciate because they're like, oh, no, you know. Eh. For example, the Coen brothers I love anything they do. And it's they're not always wildly popular movies, but the cinematography of it. You know, Fargo was, in my mind, right. brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. But it wasn't just the acting, which is what a lot of people see. Oh, you know, um, Frances McDormand was great in that movie. Yes, she was. And any actor is only as good as the script they're, that they're provided with and the direction that they're given, etc. So... That's just an example of I tend to watch movies from um, a multifaceted viewpoint and I'll finish a movie and go, eh, you know, the storyline really sucked, but this part, the you know, the costumes were fabulous, right. that kind of thing. Anyway, go back okay, to well, movies. Okay, well, about, what about uh, um, a movie that's impacted you, like besides Forrest Gump? I don't have an answer to that. You mentioned that yesterday when we were talking, and I told you I don't have an answer for that, an impact. That's too big a word for me. You know, a thumbprint that, no. Books? Absolutely. There are books that have changed my life. Movies? No. Nothing that I've watched has changed my the course of my life. How about you? Changed? Well, that's what I hear. When you say impact, I think... Well, I don't know. Trajectory um, shift. I would have assumed that it was more along the lines of a movie that I woke up three nights in a row thinking about, thinking about because it stayed with me. Okay, so memorable. In okay. my language, semantically, memorable. I've It stayed with me. Uh, again, Frances McDormand, anything she does, I don't care. Uh, the, the one she just did that she won uh, Actress Award for as a nomad. Was it Nomad? Yes, it was Nomad. Yes, it was Nomad. And, and absolutely, that stayed with me for days and days and days, uh, various pieces of yeah. it. Um, not just the landscape and that kind of thing, but the emotional shift from stuff and ownership and and uh, um, foundation, solidity, the house, to uh, stationary, freedom, uh, flux. That transition was one I was undergoing at the same time. So when I watched the film, 
it felt like a confirmation of some of my own soul yearnings. Okay. It, does that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the movies, well, I remember the first time it happened to me that I did wake up like a few nights after a movie and it wouldn't leave my mind. And the first one was, um, it was called Alive. And it was about the the team from Uruguay that crashed in the Andes. Yes, I remember that story. I'm not sure and I saw the movie. I'm I not saw, sure. Well, I saw the movie, and I remember the actor Vincent Spano being in it. And he was, you know, from you know younger other movies when I was younger that I'd remembered him. He was sort of like a teen idol when I was a teen, and um, <laughs> I was in a relationship at the time, and we had just watched this movie. And that night, I woke up and I was like, Vincent, Vincent, and my boyfriend was like, Who the fuck is? Vincent? Vincent. <laughs> it was that was the first time that ever happened, and the second time was seven. What's in the box? Seven woke stayed up with seven, me. Yeah. You know, woke up three nights seven in a row with stayed. what's in the box, and I was like, no, 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 no. So th- those are movies that if they're on 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 at any time, I will avoid. Well, there's the Watching. flip side. Yeah, there's the flip side. I've yeah. got a couple of those too that I just don't want to see the violence in it. How about this? How about a book? Because I referenced that books have been, in some ways, much more impactful and memorable in that I can go back to them anytime. I I really enjoy that experience of going to my bookshelf. I know, and I'm not down on Kindle anymore. I used to be. And I understand the rationale for having like, you know, 300 books in a little thing that I'm carrying in my pocketbook. But there's no joy in my life like going to my own bookshelf, pulling out a book that's dog-eared through many reference checks and having that experience. So a couple of the books that, that have changed my life, it changed the way I looked at life. Let's do that. Okay. Many Lives, Many Masters. That one altered the way I look at the landscape of life and also introduced me to this notion of an afterlife that I could under, not if not understand, at least begin to entertain that was quite different and apart from this Christian canvas against which I yeah. had been, you know, kind of grown. Another book that completely altered the way I looked at life. And this was in the uh, early 2000s. So back in the aughts, Mm -hmm. early aughts, I read Power Versus Force by Dr. David R. Hawkins. And that's when I had, you know, switched over to kind of trying to learn more about physics and vibrations and frequencies and understanding how that all fit together in my Material world, you know. Yeah. Material, material world. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so those are two books of mine. What about you? There's more, but, you know, right now that's what comes to mind. 1997, no, 96, a woman gave me a book, and it was Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Your Life. That completely changed me. I remember reading that and thinking, really? I have a choice in the matter. 
you know, I can change this. I, I, I really, I really, before that, I think thought was just, I thought life was just about chance. You know, either you got the good chances or you didn't. And then it was this introduction to, you can change this. You can, you can have a better life. And, and that impacted me so much. And it became a very long winding road, but it's been worth it every minute of it, every minute of it. And I will still, I still own that book. I go back to that book. It's, it's like you said, it's earmarked in all the right places and I, I have to have it on hand for reference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else, anything else you want to talk about in terms of books and movies? You take over for a second while I have a sip of my coffee. I would say I've had a few different movies that have impacted me. Like as a teenager, I saw uh, The Legend of Billie Jean with my mother. And I remember that bringing out like a bubble of advocacy in me. And, and, and oh, yeah. I want to advocate for the right thing to do, you know, the right way to do things. So that was kind of, I think, somewhat important in my growing up because I don't think I had very many role models, you know. So I think, unfortunately, a lot of my role models ended up coming from the movies and from the mm. television set, mm. right, because I didn't, all I had to model was the mother that was at work all the time. Gotcha. You know, so I was looking for other areas. Uh, I mean, I even remember one year taping a letter to Santa Claus when I was 16 years old thinking, there's got to be something better than this. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I bet you that fucking letter's still there. Oh. <laughs> you know? So I think uh, that was, I was vicariously living through the movies. Sure. And, it was an escape. And then, you and know. TV. You right. said TV was your totally. babysitter. And you're still, I, I mean, yeah. I know, I know how you grapple with the release of, uh, I mean, I'm, I want to applaud you. You've, you're down to one soap. I am, yes. Yes, one you're soap. D- just one soap. Yeah. And for those of you out there that could possibly begin to understand, General Hospital is, after all, I mean, Luke and Laura, I still remember them on the cover. Hey, listen. When was that, 70s or 80s? No, it must have been 80s. It was the same year that Lady Di and uh, King Charles got married because they actually sent them flowers, love Lady Di and King Charles. Oh, my God. Well, he wasn't king, To their so-called wedding. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Well, it it just, anyway, so General Hospital, but the idea of the emotional ties— I mean, all I need that are established, to finish that thought, that are established in youth through visual stimuli, through uh, screen time now is what we call it, screen time. We didn't have that. We had TV time before. We used to have TV time. Now it's screen. All I need to do is hear the music, seriously, of Lassie Come Home. <laughs> no. <laughs> Timmy! Timmy's in a well! Timmy's in a well! But I, I hear the music, and not that it's played often anywhere, and, and something, something neural 
kicks off in me. Right. Yeah. I'm like five years old again and safe before life had, you know, intruded with its unnecessary glimpses of yeah. a reality. Yeah. Fuck you. Take it yeah. away. Let me go back I, to the talking dog. I feel that same way when I hear the beginning of Looney Tunes. You know that? I feel that same way. Saturday morning. Taken, taken away. But see, it wasn't Saturday morning for us. Like people who grew up in my neighborhood, it came on at five o'clock on Saturday night and five o'clock on Sunday night. So as oh. your parents were cooking Sunday or Saturday night dinner, you were watching Looney Tunes. And that's wow. just the way it was, right? Well, so Canada got it uh, after the U.S., I guess. Yeah, I we do. got it Saturday morning. I mean, we still got our Saturday and morning. Sunday cartoons, but... I wasn't allowed to watch TV on Sunday, of course. I mean, Sundays were not. Sunday's the only thing, yeah, God's Day, and also church, you know, and I mean, it was a a family business. Church is a business, and so we all had to go and sit there and be nice to everybody, and I mean, it was just part of life, right? But Sunday afternoon, my father got to turn on the TV, because, of course, he was the boss, and uh, football. So I also have these strong ties to seeing my father stand in front of a TV, a little bit bigger than the old 12-inch and now in color, but this would have been in the 60s, yeah, 60s, screaming at the TV in a happy way. Oh, right. is this when, football? When, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, the, yeah, when yeah. the then Colts, Baltimore Colts, had scored a touchdown or whatever. And it, so to me, you know... Football evokes that kind of early childhood association with my father. Yeah. Anyway, right. and what comes to mind are some of the shows on Welcome to Wrexham, which I happen to enjoy quite yes. a bit. Yes. I just think it was friggin' brilliant what they got, those guys did. And one of the episodes this season, last season two, but this season is season two, they also had another episode on that very same topic, the importance of that linkage of family, early childhood association, time yeah. with dad, yeah, and how important that is mm-hmm. for a child. And Absolutely. It, of course, it's coming at it primarily from the aspect of a father and son and how it's transferred down footballers over there in uh, Wales. Yeah. But anyway. Sports is uh, a lot of families out there, it's sometimes the only connection that the family has is through sports. <laughs> you know, they, they, they might the not, yeah, they might not link on any other, they have n- different opinions on everything, but they come together for their team. That's exactly <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Yes, I was just going to say you, you can have, uh, you know, righties and lefties and, and red versus blue, but, yeah. you know, if they're from Philadelphia, they're <laughs> fucking green, man. That's That's right. They're through and through. They're green. <laughs> <laughs> in Baltimore, we're purple, man. Right. Purple Friday. Where's your purple shirt? You wear it on Fridays. Yeah, they even do that in schools now. So maybe sports should be running politics. <laughs> I don't know. Of course, well, maybe, I suppose you know. there's corruption in everything, oh, right? Sure. But anyway, back to but, movies yes. and books. Back movies to and movies books. and books. I'm trying to think about. Well, you know, when I was when I was really young, uh, a book that changed me, I guess, was The Outsiders hmm. by Essie Hinton, and also the movie. Because I saw, I loved the movie, but it just I recognized very early that the book was always going to be better than the movie. 
And so there you go with, for example, Game of Thrones, uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I've read all the series. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that any production must eliminate side storylines by virtue of cost and complexity, right? They cannot include it. And so there was a lot lost in both of those productions, even though I enjoyed them them both. Oh, me me too. A lot lost. I mean, nobody ever really gives light to the fact that Aragon is 80 and looks (laughs) fucking 30. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, um, he's part of the old ones. He (laughs) grows old slow. (laughs) You know? That's funny. Oh, well. And I think that's as good a place as any to wrap up this episode. We've run out of our time frame. Books and movies, visual, those kinds of imprints leave a lot of residue in our brains, how we look at life, how we take in information, how the decisions we make. And books and movies, I think, are one of the most impactful forms of visual stimuli that stay with with us. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks for... <laughs> she was attempting out of the blue. She was attempting to wrap up the show <laughs> yeah, for the first was. time, and I didn't even ask her to. Way to go, Val! Go for it, girlfriend. Go. Well, that about wraps it up for us. <laughs> okay. Well, that about wraps it up for us. Hope everybody has a great week and come back and listen to whatever we talk about next week. You never know where the conversation will go. We thank you for tuning in. You can always follow us on social media. You can find us at podcast.loose-ends.ca. And all our episodes are there. We'd love to... Get your feedback. Find out if you're listening. Again, tree in a forest. Anybody there? Hello. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm feeling myself.